Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We're back, all three of us. That's right, you are hearing my voice again. I am Illegal86. I have been gone for the past two weeks. It feels like two years. But I'm back. I'm happy to be back in a new place. I don't know if you guys told them what I was doing. I was moving, guys. I was packing boxes and then very soon after unpacking boxes, which... You know, it was what it was. We don't need to get into it. But I'm here with uh, with Tactic and Nerd Bomber, my, my two very good friends who have been holding down the fort uh, very admirably these past couple of weeks. Guys, what was the hardest part of not having me around? Nothing. It was super easy. We can totally go on without it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, okay. well, no, that's I would that's say good to know. Leading the show is very difficult. I give you props every week. I feel like I had this giant note sheet and it was hard. So I'm appreciative that you're back. Yeah, I tend to stutter a lot when I'm trying to uh, speak more than my normal two words an episode. The best way to do it uh, in terms of the notes is don't have any notes because then there's something that you have written down to screw up. Uh, You just do it live. Like Bill O'Reilly said that one time. Remember that? You ever see that clip, that meme? It's it's explicit. I can't say the whole thing. Okay, he he went for it. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll bleep that in post. We'll 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 give that to the intern. Uh, we got a great show lined up today. We're going to be talking about a couple of TV shows. One of them being a spinoff. Well, both of them are actually spinoffs. It's a spinoff night here at the Online Warriors podcast. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about Pokemon. Poke Pokemon. You Pokemon. decide how to pronounce it. We're going to talk about that specifically in the context of the theme park. Ooh, very exciting. Yeah, we're here in the middle of, of October. The weather is starting to, to get a little colder, but we're all we're all warm and cozy here, here in your ears. I like to imagine that we live in people's ears and we just talk into the ear holes. So like they don't even the need little to angel earbuds. and devil on the shoulder. But like, who is who? Who would be the angel? Who would be the devil? And like, what is the third person? I would just be one of those bugs that you see in those weird extraction videos. That's what I would do. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'll I'll take either one. I, I, I feel like, Nerd Bomber, let's be serious. I think you're the angel. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm I'm particularly the devil, but someone's got to do it. And Tactic's apparently a, a bug, which I don't know why he would choose that. But uh, yeah, the point is all three of us are here and it's so good to be back. And I'm going to be giving the quiz later. Spoiler alert. I don't know what's happened with that, actually, since I've been gone. I assume Tactic won both times because he's been on an absolute hot streak lately but i'll get the update on that later let's talk about wandavision because well first of all that happened that was either earlier this year or late last year time is a construct but one of the most one of the buzziest characters i would say it was agatha all along we all know the song you you've all heard it you're probably listening you're probably hearing it in your head right now the great Catherine hahn known for many other things, one of which is Step Brothers, but a lot of stuff besides that, starred as Agatha Harkness in WandaVision. I don't know. Is this a spoiler? Should I be just openly? I mean, that's what the whole news is. It's been yeah, kind of I mean, such a, she is. Yeah. I mean, it's a headline, so. Right. You don't, if you haven't watched WandaVision yet, sorry. Spoiler, You're living like, under also, a rock. It's, it, it's one of those weird things, too, where the big reveal happened in the show in like, I don't know, mid, in the middle of the, of the show or towards the end of it of like, oh, Agnes is actually Agatha Harkness. And my first reaction was, who is Agatha Harkness? So like, it's, it's, it's also like, if I tell you like Agatha Harkness right now and you haven't watched the show, chances are you don't know who I'm talking about anyways. You just know that I'm talking about Catherine Hahn. And you also, again, have probably heard the song, even if you didn't watch the show. The point is, what should come as no surprise to anyone, a spinoff is in development. Now, 
Catherine Hahn was amazing in this show. I believe she was up for an Emmy. She didn't win, but I believe she was up for an Emmy for her performance. She was perfect for the role. There's a lot of there's a lot of meat on those bones in terms of the character because this was obviously just the introduction of this character. I think we got a little bit of backstory in the show about how she kind of became who she was or who she is. Clearly a very powerful character. And I know there's a lot of comic backstory that I will as ever defer to Tectic for. This is a big deal. Uh, we, we have uh, Jack Schaefer, who served as head writer on WandaVision, who will be serving as writer and executive producer on this project. What she gets up to is unclear. And again, going to spoiler town here for a second. At the end of WandaVision, she's stuck in there, right? That's what happens, if I remember correctly. I think so. Yes. Wanda casts a spell that, in that there, forces her to be that personality that she was pretending to be. Right. And she's in, I don't remember the name of the of the town, but she's stuck in there. So presumably it's going to be, uh, it, it makes sense that it has the same head writer and, and production team. It presumably will be about her getting out because there's no way her character is just going to be locked in there in the MCU forever, right? She's going to become a factor in future movies or shows, whatever. So I know it's that, a fairly but like, natural continuation. I want to see the beginning. I want to see her. Uh, and I know we kind of got you her origin Salem. story, but like, I want to see yeah. Salem. I think that would be so cool. And it would feel so original. Like one of the cool things about Disney plus and all of these shows that they're doing is that they're so different from the MCU that we're getting in, in the cinema and they can basically do anything all of these little tangential stories give me salem how sick would that be i'm glad that you brought that up because i think we were introduced to a lot more characters than we realized we were introduced to especially in that salem scene so those those other witches she like took out i believe those were the salem seven and if you don't know who the salem seven are those are the kids of nicholas scratch and if you don't know who nicholas scratch is that's her little boy and so, right. just in that scene alone, we were not only potentially introduced to her kid, but we were also introduced to her, to her kid's kid. And so, there's a lot of magical presence that we've already been introduced to that has to circle back. It just, it just absolutely has to. Now, that said, she took these people out. So, maybe it will be covered a little bit of backstory, but really, my main theory of how I think she's going to get out of this is... What was the number one theory that people thought who the main bad guy was going to be in Wanda? Mephisto. Right. Everyone's Mephisto. Everyone is Mephisto. And it only makes sense that now is when they introduce him. When when everyone's kind of moved on from and go, ah, no, we're done with this. That's how I think she's going to escape. And then I think it's going to circle back to some kind of rivalry, her versus her son. Wait, do we not still think Mephisto is in Spider-Man? Did we move on from that too? We should talk about Everyone this because I think I think that Mephisto was one big head fake. I mean, is it? Have you guys watched Loki yet? By the way, because if mm-hmm. not, I'm about to like spoil Loki. Okay, oh, yeah. so well, to I think uh, audience, the big bad. I guess Loki next, spoilers. Yep. No, I know. I won't. I, I, These I'll, are going to be high key I'll, spoilers. I'll filter, but I think my. <laughs> I I think that the big bad was identified in loki the big bad for the next phase the next thanos basically was identified in loki and i'm really glad that you brought up loki because i have a a long-term theory with respect to that and how they're going to play into agatha harkness's line right so so i don't 
I don't see. I, I see that big bad who I won't reveal who it is. Okay. But I see that character being direct. Oh, fine, you're just gonna reveal it. I see him being directly involved in this and so, in anything else the MCU does moving forward. But Mephisto, not so much. That would be a big surprise for me. The reason why I think long term that she is going to have a role with Kang is because in the comic books she p- plays sort of a guardian role for Franklin Richards who is Mr. Reed Fantastic and Invisible Woman's kid, okay? Down that family tree, you have Nathaniel Richards, okay? Nathaniel Richards is a time traveler who then takes on the persona of, drumroll please, Kang. And so it's Is this going to all... turn into a Star Wars situation where everyone's a Skywalker? Because I don't, to be clear, I don't want that. You're saying everyone's related. That scares me. I mean, Kang is related to the Richards family, but Agatha Harkness was really just a babysitter, not related. But she does have a pivotal role in the Fantastic Four. And so what I'm getting at is this story is really going to roll into the Fantastic Four, which is going to connect Kang to everything. That's how they're going to tie Loki into WandaVision's storyline. You think they're going to give the Fantastic Four a third go? Do we know? Is that oh, they're absolutely going to give oh, the yeah. Fantastic they, Four a third they, go. They totally are. I think that's like confirmed already, isn't it? I mean, it yeah, Tactic be, just said it. They're gonna make Breaking that. They're gonna make that happen. I, I mean, I, I, I will agree with you too, Nerd Bomber. Circling back to a previous point, I want. So when I when I go back now and I watch Captain America: The First Avenger, I am publicly not a Captain America fan. And I, Nerd Bomber, I believe you are also not a Captain America fan. Not a big fan of the character, but the Captain America: The First Avenger, that movie, is a great Marvel movie. And do you know why? It's also a period piece. Like I, it's, I think that adds a layer to these superhero movies that makes them so much more interesting. Well, I mean, so I like, know this isn't Marvel. Uh, Wonder but Woman I mean, was that's another yeah, example of that. That's what I was gonna say. Wonder Woman. I think part of what made that movie yeah. was the fact that you know they were bringing in historical settings and it wasn't just like oh here's some modern day buffoonery and we're gonna make some few jokes like right. so like Wonder Woman too. <laughs> Although well, it was in the 80s. But yeah, was, that was uh, the period piece too. Yeah, that was in the 80s. Bad. But it wasn't like historical I, 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 either. It was just some buffoonery in the 80s. Yeah. I think there's a gap potentially. I think the MCU would do well to do another kind of period piece thing. It's like Captain Marvel was also kind of, it was supposed to be like a 90s period piece, I think. But that just, it didn't really come through, you know? Well, because and, I think they were trying to mask that so that she could show up then in Endgame. Like, there was yeah, there was it, like one. It was later like on that you kind of realized it was supposed like, to be set a little bit back in time. There's there's a blockbuster reference. That's that's supposed to be the main hint of like, oh man, this this happened a while ago. But mm-hmm. like, I want. And the other thing is it makes it interesting and I guess kind of problematic is like if you put Agatha Harkness, if you make a whole movie about her back during Salem, it raises naturally many questions about well, where was she? all this other time, you know? And and you can already kind of ask that question because you saw her origin to a limited extent in the show. Well, that's sort of why I think... Now, where was she the whole time? They're going to yeah. introduce Mephesto as this sort of in-between duration before getting into Kang. But think, think about this. So, are, so you start, first of all, your very first season. I'm going to lay out like this plot line, an overarching multi-season Agatha Harkness show. First season. I mean, there might only be one season. It seems like they're one seasoning these. Yeah, but, but like I want multiple on. seasons here. So I'm going to lay this out and Marvel, you can steal this. I got you, fam. So first season, obviously you have to drop it October 1st. 
maybe maybe in September to kind of like if you're going to do the weekly release shtick and lead up to Halloween, everyone's going to love it. Go wild. Make it in Salem. Witch trials. All that kind of stuff. Then you can have Agatha Harkness travel through time. Every season can be her marching towards WandaVision. No, it's going to be more relevant flashbacks pertinent to, to whatever the dialogue is. They're already doing a lot of time stuff with Loki. And I, I guess I was... Yeah, but like, imagine having too, like your WandaVision, like what they kind of did with WandaVision, you know, every episode was set in a different time period. Imagine if you got to have a whole season with Agatha Harkness. And I got to be honest, Catherine Hahn is freaking gem like i know everybody's finally starting to see that she is amazing but like i've been you know banging this drum since oh my god what was the movie with ashton kutcher and emily something i don't even remember the main stars but katherine hahn was in it as like the main the, female protagonist the best friend. movie description the best movie description ever ashton kutcher and emily something and katherine <laughs> hahn em- emily Emily Blunt? Yes. Are no, you thinking not Emily Blunt? No, no. Are you thinking of Natalie Portman? No, no, she was in it with Justin. No, yeah. Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman were in. Remember that? Oh yeah, that, movie that was and the Justin no Timberlake, Mila Kunis great. movie. Yeah, they came out at the same time and they were about the same thing. Pretty cool. But you're not talking about that movie. You're talking about a different Ashton Kutcher movie that I don't know. I a just know her like from Step Brothers. That's where it was. A lot like Love. Not Emily. Amanda Peet. I was a big Ashton was Kutcher also... rom-com fan back back in the day. Like those early 2000s Ashton Kutcher rom-coms, mm, all day. But Catherine Hahn was mean, in it, and she was great. Do you mean you were just a fan of Ashton Kutcher and like looking looking at him? Or No, not necessarily. Of- they were like almost semi-cynical rom-coms, if that makes sense. Like the characters were very cynical about love. Typically more so like the female characters. And I, I was like an angsty teen, and I was all about it. And Ashton Kutcher was Lest always the one who was always like, love will win the day. And Natalie Portman and Amanda Peet were like, no. But then they come around. Good love stuff. Love will win the day. Catherine Hahn, by the way, also is going to be in Knives Out too, which is going to be the movie of the year next year. I don't even care. Like, I'm going to see that as soon as it comes out. She was also in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. There's like a, there's like a Catherine Hahn-assance going on right can now. I, I can think, I just say that, something, by the way? If they do introduce Mephesto... I think Ashton Kutcher would do a great job because he's kind of got that goofy I, but also charmingness to him, but can also be Ashton serious. Kutcher. He, he's washed up, man. He's done. I don't even think he's no way, anymore. dude. Give me a Mephisto rom com with Ashton Kutcher. Do it up. I think that's over. I think I think he's done acting. I'm going to his IMDb page. I'll bet you if Marvel Things reached out to him up. and was like, "Hey, dude, do you want to be like a charming devil guy?" He'd be like. Okay. Oh, he was in that TV show, The Ranch, that I think, I guess that's still going on. He's still acting, I guess. We're going to talk about Ashton Kutcher later, by the way, in our in one of our other news topics. So you can, I guess, wax poetic about how, how great he is then as well. But yeah, we're, we're, so we, we should we should sally forth here. Yeah, uh, Agatha Harkness coming back to the small screen. Uh, I think we've laid out a lot of good ideas and a lot of good... Uh, kind of guidelines for them to make this show great so like you said nerd bomber disney plus disney people feel free to steal our ideas and uh, we look forward to the royalties of which i'm sure there will there will be plenty so poke pokey pokemon pokemon po- we we just ha- before we started rolling tonight we had a bit of a debate that was about five seconds long and it was basically just all all of us saying the name over and over again to see if we could settle on a pronunciation. It's Pokemon. Of what I think is Pokemon. 
I would just say Pokemon. And also, incidentally, the article I have in front of me, no accent on the E, because that was another thing we talked Blasphemous. about. There's an accent on the E on the cards. So that leads you to think Pokemon. I mean, the official Pokemon. logo has the accent on the E. Right, and the, the back of the cards do. It's not Pokemon. That's, that's just a joke. Tactic, you say Pokemon, right? Yeah, Pokemon. You have the hard E on there. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, at OW Legal 86, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber, and our main show account, at Online Warriors 1, give us some phonetic spelling. How do you say Pocket Monster? How, how, do, you, how do you say it? I'm not even, I'm not going to influence you. I'm not trying to try to avoid saying the name for the next 10 seconds, but there's a theme park happening. Now, I, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. I think I know we talked like, about Nintendo World. I think the, the Pokemon theme park was like a suggestion. Yeah. Like a rumor sort of deal, but it was never anything official. And then they listened to our podcast and they were like, you know what? These, these kids are right. Right. It's now going on. So Universal Studios is putting together a long-term deal or has put together a long-term deal going live in 2022 with their first pokemon collaboration which presumably is going to be a theme park of some sort it sounds like it's going to be in japan so get out your passports if you're here in in the us of a like we are uh or if you're in japan i don't know be happy because it's it's coming to you this is i think the same kind of thing as nintendo world in the sense that my main question is why has this not already happened yet I you just know, want to it, say, it, it, it seems like I am so glad yeah. that Gen X and millennials had such like weird childhoods that they refused to grow up. And now we're putting all of our childhood memories into theme parks and making the world an awesome place. <sighs> right. Well, we'll see what happened is now we, so we had weird, weird childhoods and weird hobbies and everyone was into Pokemon. And now we've grown up and we have money. See, I, I would we say can spend money. My take on that whole thing is that I don't think we had weird childhoods. I mean, we definitely did have weird childhoods like unprecedented times, all that kind of stuff. But I think we were the first generation of people who were like, you know what? I can grow up and still like the things that I've always liked. I don't need to pretend that right. that's like childish and immature. Nerd stuff is cool. Right. We, I don't have to stop. We kind of, we shrugged off the the kind of taboo thing of like, oh, well, you're too old for that now. Like, and there are still things where I'm sure that's true, but like, I don't know. I, I think there's a universe in which like even just playing video games as an adult was seen as a weird thing back in the day and now it's like pretty normalized and like obviously pokemon folds folds directly into that so yeah i mean obviously a huge merchandising opportunity i'm seeing a lot in this article about the involvement of pikachu specifically given that pikachu is as if the mascot of pokemon is that fair to say i don't know if that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's particularly derogatory towards pikachu but like you know what is like a yeah. very appealing thing to think about? And so we've all been to Disney World, the three of us, right? This is true. Okay. So I'm assuming that you never like got to that point. Maybe when you were a kid, you hugged a character, even as an adult. One that sticks out to me in particular was Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. And I mean, I still love Lilo and Stitch and I love Stitch. But the ability to go up, and I know it was just in my mind, this person in a big stitch suit, but like being able to hug this big cuddly stitch was like the best feeling in the world. And being able to walk up to this big chunky looking Pikachu and just like give it a hug seems so appealing. Maybe not in like COVID world, but like post pandemic, being able to give stranger in a Pikachu suit a hug seems like super appealing to me. So it's it's a case by case basis. So... 
I don't. I'm not sure if I ever went up to a character and like hugged on him. You know. So, the my point of reference there. Last time I went to Disney World, we we went predominantly because my little sister was of the age that you take them to Disney World. So like I was already like pretty. I might have been college. In fact, I think I was in college. I mean, and for reference, I if you're was, worried about like judging when you went, Tactic and I went while we were in college without children, just the two of us. For reference. Right. No, I'm not. I, there's no stigma for me at all. I'm just saying. It made what happened so much funnier to me. My dad, we were in Star Wars, the Star Wars portion. This is before Star Wars World or whatever it's called. We were in like Hollywood Studios, I think is what it's called now. And there's a Star Wars section. And you know, the Jabba's Palace, the guards, the, they look like kind of like pigs that are like olive green. Mm-hmm. There was one of those just like kind of there for pictures, not like posing. I mean, just kind of like standing there. And my dad like thought it would be funny for some to like go up to him and like try to put his arm around him and get a picture. And I, I, I like plain clothes Disney attendant person like came out of some bu- I don't even know where she came from she came out of some bushes or something and was like whoa 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 no so it's case by case basis in terms of like hugging characters you got to be careful with that he wasn't even hugging he was just like he wanted to like look like they were best pals like just put a put his arm around his shoulders like a, like you would a friend and that was I a no-no. I understand that, though. They're uh, maybe, constantly dealing with, oh, I like, over-the-top adults, so they probably just play it safe. Yeah, I wonder if there's, It was like, almost certainly because of how old he was, too. Like, if he was a kid, it would have been different. But he was, like, just some 50-plus-year-old man who was like, this would be hilarious. And it was. But not for the reasons he, he intended. I wonder, too, though, if, like, certain Disney cast members... Like, you probably go into your shift knowing if you're going to be, like, a, a like meet-and-greet-type yeah. role for the day or not. And so... I can imagine, like, if you're just supposed to be standing there in a costume and you're not supposed to be really, like, hugging people, you're probably not prepared for that. Yeah. One, like, and huggability, you know, it's one thing to be Stitch and be in this big suit that the person couldn't actually touch your actual body if they tried. Or, like, be in a giant Pikachu suit. And it's another thing to just be Jabba's palace guard. Like, you're probably wearing some makeup and, like, some prosthetics, but you're still, like, a person, you know? Yeah, I don't think I would ever go up to one of the characters outside. And, like, I guess no judgment to people who would, but I don't think I would feel comfortable going up to someone who wasn't in, like, a full body sort of suit. Because I think that, to me, then, right. I just, I know you're not actually, like, Aladdin. You're yeah, you, just actually a- get, you actually get approached by Disney characters. I remember Woody was all over you. I was like, what the hell's going on here? Oh, my goodness. There, <laughs> Woody th- there's and I a were mental BFF. separation I, that I'm not do. even making this up. Oh, yeah. Was... Woody and I had... But, like, again, that was another full bodysuit thing, but uh, Woody and I had a connection. We were best friends. It's so fine. Excuse me, Woody. Excuse me. There's there's a mental separation that happens when you when the person's wearing a full suit. that You can separate them from the fact that there's an actual human inside, whereas you can't do that without with someone with, who's not wearing a giant like rubber or suit or whatever it's made of. But yeah, Pokemon. Let's get back to Pokemon. We've diverged as we often do. So yeah, Universal Studios Japan 2022 is when this starts. Pikachu confirmed to be involved. I, I mean, this article is pretty vague otherwise. It's just basically saying, hey, it's not going live till 2022. Pokemon is bringing its flavor to the world of theme parks. I, so I guess, Tactic, you've been, you know, what do you want to see here? So there's, you guys there's, are both the Pokemon people. I'm not, so. There's quite a lot that is involved in the Pokemon world. And there's, I mean, the food for the one thing is just awesome. There's countless episodes where they steam dumplings or make the rice balls or whatever. And they just all oh, look fantastic. I've mentioned that with every other themed park that they've rolled out in the Nintendoverse. So that's, there's that. The other thing is gym battles, guys. Gym battles. And... I don't know if gym battles. 
I don't. I don't know if I would say that. Oh no, not Jim Battle. <laughs> I don't. I'm yeah, not Jim saying Battle. that. Sorry, you said it, dude. The park goers with Jim Battle, but think about the shows that they can put on. They can have like, hey, come ten o'clock to see Ash Battle the Elite Four. Yeah, and and then not only that, there's also Gigantamaxing that's been introduced, so they can have these huge, larger than life. I guess we'll call them mechas of oversized Pokemon. Ah, oh, it's just, I really hope they leverage Gigantamaxing. If you don't know what it is, you N- take a Nerd normal Bomber, Pokemon battle and you gigantify it. I mean, Nerd I Bomber, think... if you don't bring back that photo of Jim Battles <laughs> for this episode teaser, I'm going to be upset. I, one of the things that I think they could do, like you could easily do the whole gym badge thing. If you brought back, if like, if you integrated with Pokemon Go and everybody, I mean, that's so easy to download. Everybody has access to it. And you, Integrate that into the park experience and you could collect special gym battles or special Pokemon just being in the park. That would be super cool. Also, though, like I'm thinking even just the actual physical rides that you could make, like I'm thinking turning Disney World rides into Pokemon rides like the Soren ride at Disney puts you on the back of a Charizard, like going through the world of Pokemon. I'm trying to think of other things. I mean, I mean, just make a Pokemon Snap ride. Just make that game. Be in, a, yeah. in Rocket's Balloon too, Boom. if you don't want to do a Charizard. Yeah, like you could make that the Buzz Lightyear ride where you have like the gun instead turn that into a right. camera and then you're just camera. moving through trying to do pokemon snap i think there's so many possibilities to make a really fun park here and my only the only thing that i'm kind of sad about is that it's going to be a small portion of universal i feel like at this point you know if you're nintendo you know you're working with universal to do like your super mario land and you know that you're making a pokemon land why not just say like Almost do a Disney World thing. Say, hey, Universal. Right, just buy a bunch of land. Yeah, let's let's make another Universal Park integrated into your property and just make a giant Nintendo World. Just do it. I mean, Go they, big. They would basically just be printing money at that point. I can't even <laughs> imagine the amount of people who... People like, would it, come from all around imagine. the world. All around When we world. went to this, this same trip I was talking about, my dad tried to take a picture with the job of the palace guy. We went to Universal Studios that same trip and i'll never my little brother uh like halfway through the day his phone died and he had to borrow my mom's phone because he had been playing pokemon go all day like and like like you said if that if they integrate that into the park experience they're not going to get people to leave like, i people think are pokemon show up go not gonna, should like, leverage the park i don't think it should be integrated in per se i think the park should have their own right standalone app because some people just i can get frustrated with Pokemon Go, and I and I don't. I think the collaboration yeah. would almost be too complicated and make them lose money. Whereas they can really leverage, you know, buy this, go on this thing, do that to enhance. Well, the other park thing experience. they could do, the other thing they could do, and I could think of multiple ways to do this. But at Universal in Florida, they have the Harry Potter World, and you can buy, and we did buy a wand with an infrared tip that you can interact with. Certain at certain points in the park that are like labeled. You can interact with things and quote unquote cast spells, right? So sell Pokedexes or something like Pokedexes, Pokeballs. Like you can, they clearly understand that technology enough to implement it in that way and to do it for Pokemon. And those, those wands at Harry Potter are like 50 bucks. Again, it's just printing money at that point. So yeah, this is going to be a big deal. I really hope they do. Uh, I think in the same way that red technology too, because that stuff's really easy to reverse engineer and make your own whatever you want in your own getup doesn't need to be a wand or a pokeball it could be a gym badge and just you guys can have fun in right. the world so so 
this I, I think it's going to be on par with Nintendo World in terms of the bigness of the deal. And even if it starts small, I think the response can only be positive and it's eventually going to get big. It's just a matter of, of when and how long it takes, given that we're still living in the age of COVID and there's stuff in this article about, you know, how the, how the release is going to be affected by COVID. And they already know that because it's planning to be, it's planned for 2022. So we'll no doubt be circling back to this now that we know it's moving along and it's no longer just a, just a rumor. But um, for now, Pokemon fans or Pokemon fans or Pokemon fans, however you want to say it, uh, rejoice. So, yeah, that brings us to the midpoint of the show. So we're going to take our break to shout out a sponsor. But before we do, I would be remiss if I did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, take a bow. It's been a pleasure having you at our round table for these these months that we've had you. And uh, we appreciate everything you've done for the show. So Stephen, as a producer, gets this shout out. He gets input into the weekly game segment. He gets the occasional guest spot on the show, and he, of course, gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And he's a night subscriber on our, on our Patreon, which is the highest of our three tiers of support. There's a second tier, which is the Squire level, which gives you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and also the Page level, which gives you access to the monthly secret segment. So for more details on any of those levels of support, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Check out the details there and... Uh, we would appreciate any support for the show. Keep things going. Keep the lights on. Keep the computers on, etc. We do do this with computers. This is this is not analog. We're actually we're on, I'm on a computer right now. Yeah, we appreciate any support. We thank Stephen again, and we'll take a short break now to shout out a sponsor, and we'll be back to talk about that '70s show. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast, the Online Warriors podcast, in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. Thanks again to Podgo and we'll get back to the episode. This is The Gorge. It's a podcast where my friend Sarah and I gorge ourselves in overanalyzing a topic. The body count it's in su- this children's movie. It's insanely high. The reason he's able to be a good assassin is because no one would expect a gorilla to kill you. <laughs> I made the incredibly stupid decision to start Marble Hornets. And the robot says, I know where we can find your baby. It was stolen by Cap'n Crunch. He sounds like Chuck Huber. Yeah. How did you? No. I was going <laughs> to say that. The Gorge. Three times a month, wherever you get your podcasts. You guys remember that 70s show? It was the show on Fox that was about... Uh, the 70s, predominantly. Starring, well, Topher Grace, Ashton Kutcher, who we already talked about, Mila Kunis, Kurtwood Smith, and Deborah Jo Rubb, who played Red and Kitty Foreman on the show. It was, you know, a family sitcom kind of thing. Uh, they got into 70s hijinks. Wilmer Valderrama also played Fez, and there were a bunch of other characters as well. I was actually never a huge That 70s Show person. It was one of those shows I watched it when it was on kind of thing. But that we're not, you know, we're talking about a spinoff here. Netflix has ordered a spinoff of that 70s show called That 90s Show. So let's not gloss over that. We're old. That 70s show is to us 
as that 90s show is to now. Like it's, there's, well, that's not the analogy, but there's an analogy to, analogy to be had here. So the original creators of that 70s show, Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner, have returned to write and executive produce alongside their daughter, Lindsay Turner, who is probably hip. Like I'm guessing those two are probably older and now they're like, we need to bring in someone who knows what people like on TV these days. Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Joe Rupp are returning as Red and Kitty Foreman. And the show will be set in 1995. And Leah Foreman, daughter of Eric and Donna, is visiting her grandparents for the summer where she bonds with a new generation of Point Place kids, Point Place being Point Place, Wisconsin, under the watchful eye of Kitty and the stern glare of Red. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll never dies. It just changes clothes. So So does that mean we're not going to get any cameos from like the original kids? She's just going to be like on her lonesome. I'm sure Topher Grace is going to be involved. I mean, what's that guy doing if not this? Also probably his sister as well as going to show up because she uh yeah. no no his sister like if i remember correctly she's either dead or she's in a lot of drug trouble in real life uh, or in the show in in real life huh S- similarly i am sure danny masterson will be back <laughs> for it if you don't know why i don't know i'm just google it what about fez um, fez is doing fantastic and he really fez is up. doing great fez fez should be back the globe yeah, the globe is real the globe is real He's a hunk of hunk of burning love. What if happened you say so myself. The, the sister like got arrested or something. I don't remember. It doesn't say in this article, of course. But um, this is pretty fascinating. I mean, again, I wasn't really a huge fan of the original show, but um, it's you know it's the latest kind of installment in spinoff culture, right? This is happening everywhere, and Netflix is is dipping into this in the same way. I think it was Peacock who brought back Saved by the Bell, which I actually don't know how that's going. You know, they brought back Boy Meets World a while back on the Disney Channel. It's just, it's kind of a thing. Again, it, kind of in the same vein as the Pokemon theme park is. It's like, okay, who's watching TV right now? Well, the the people who watched, you know, that 70s show are still watching TV. And we know that we can pull on the nostalgia strings if we if we bring back these characters. I mean, I might give it a shot. I don't know. I don't have a, really have a horse in this race, but it's as reasonable an idea as any, I think. And it, they get, getting the old creators back is, is certainly the right way to do it. So reflecting on my own childhood, the things that I expect to see are as follows. There, there has to be a Pokemon reference. It's not going to be a main part of the show because they're probably going to be a little bit older. So there's going to be... There's going to be drinking. an episode... Everyone drank from the... Did everyone's parents have like liquor bottles stored on top of the fridge? No. That, well, that, I mean, that happened in the 70s, too. That was like episodes of that 70s show about it, too. It was not like a... That's not a 90s thing. That never ages either um, way. And and everyone knows, right. you know, you take the clear liquids, cut it with water, call it a day, right? So that's going to be they in know there. it now if they didn't before. And then the thing that I'm most excited for is the uh, the punk rock phase. Do you guys uh, remember yeah, like, like, grunge, you like mean? Warped Tour the and all that other phase. good stuff? Do I remember Warped Tour? Are you kidding? I still listen to that music now. Okay. Um, I was never really in in the Warped Tour thing. Pop punk is not dead. I think there I said it. Dial up, dial up internet. Oh, gonna God. be a big deal here. That noise has um, to be in there. Lunchables. It's, it's, it's gonna be like everyone's gonna be eating. Well, lunchables. lunchables again. Lunchables is still going on though. I I I, I ate lunchables recently, and I'm not ashamed to say it. It actually works out with what with the comeback of Dunkaroos made that one easy for him. Dunkaroos, yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking yeah, there's, you know, like the Seinfeld episode where they're waiting for the table at the Chinese restaurant. There's going to be an entire episode of this show where they're just waiting for a dial-up connection. Do you guys remember this? 
you get on the internet and then all of a sudden it disconnects and then you scream upstairs, hang up the phone. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. There's going to, there's going to be a whole episode about that. There's, there's pretty much no doubt. What else was going on in the nineties? Big jeans, big jeans were going on in the nineties. Late so night phone calls. Back. Like, well, my parents are asleep. Let's talk on the phone. Right. It's going to be great. I, I, you know, I think like, cause it's for his fresh prince is coming back too. So there's like a 90s, we're hitting the point in our lives where I guess our childhoods are now seen as like retro properties. See, but Fresh Prince which is, is a, disconcerting. Is a reboot. This is sort of a new spin. I prefer this. I, I, I like new fresh yeah. takes than I do just reboots. Because that yeah, one feels like it's fre- trying fresh, to replace. Fresh Prince is going to be current day, I would think. I actually don't know. But that'll probably be current day. Whereas this is ostensibly going to be set in 1995 so it's going to be interesting i am curious to see now to see if they're going to get laura prepon and topher grace back if at least for cameo roles and also who's going to play leah foreman because that's you know potentially a big role the one thing that i am concerned about and i feel like a lot of the netflix original comedies especially the short form ones you know the series that netflix orders is very limited it's either eight or ten episodes and i gotta be honest that's not nearly enough when you're talking about a half hour show. I feel like you need to at least do a double order for a season because if you went back in time, like the seasons of shows, obviously I think it's unrealistic to expect, you know, 20 plus episodes per season, but I think you got to give more than eight or 10, especially when it's a short comedy like this, because then people are going to blow through it in a week and it's going to be old news. So I think they hopefully have a little more faith in it to do a longer run than just, you know, the standard 10 episodes. Well, or they might do, they might do delayed releases because a lot of shows are doing that now where they like Ted Lasso, they put out one a week. The other thing that I struggle with is where these kids were in their lives in that 70 shows, they were older. So they were kind of able to get into worse trouble, so to speak. And their lives were at a more serious state. You know, marriage was potentially a real thing for, for Eric and Donna um lifelong commitments etc whereas well leah might be the same age in right show. but the right? problem is red looked way older whereas topher grace is not going to look that much older than whatever actor they pick just because he's aged gracefully you know it, it just might not look right true true i mean i topher grace is probably going to have a cameo situation it sounds like kurtwood smith is actually going to be like and he's even older now, so it's even funnier. And I actually do wonder if they've considered this, and that's why they're staying with the grandparents. So that Maybe. there's like a starch difference between age of the parental figure and the kids. The generational gap is like a clear fixture in that 70s. I haven't watched very much of it, but I know that. It's a clear fixture in the original run of that 70s show, and it's a constant thing they kind of keep going back to, right? So I totally agree. As far as the short season goes, I mean, TV comedy is weird like that, right? Where think about Parks and Rec in The Office and Seinfeld. I think they all had very short first seasons. And granted, that's network TV. It's kind of a different animal. But show and all those seasons, by the way, are like the worst seasons of the show. And they're the most awkward to watch. And you can tell they're trying to get their footing. So I don't know if, if streaming works the same way where they have short orders simply so they can try to get a sense and a feel for what's going on but but then like subsequent follow-up seasons also end up being short yeah uh, like i said streaming is a different animal time will tell i I don't know if any show on netflix has ever gotten a 24 episode order 
to some extent, it's just not how things are done anymore. Ted Lasso's had, I think this season's had 12 episodes and that feels long. So I don't know. That's, it's a fair point. But yeah, this, there's no release date tied to this yet. This is in the early going as far as I can tell. Uh, but we'll be on the lookout for more details. If you're a fan of that 70s show, I'm sure you're happy. There's not much to be unhappy about. Uh, now we have to wait to hear about Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. I could easily see them being more than cameo roles. Well, especially, especially because since, Ashton, I think Ashton Kutcher, like the ranch is a Netflix show. Yeah, yeah. he's not done he, acting tied, by any sense. He's tied to Netflix contractually in some way, maybe in the same way that Adam Sandler is. And maybe that's what they're thinking here, too. We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. But for now, we can transition into what are you up to Wednesday? And I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go first because it's been it's been a minute for me. I have some updates. I, as I mentioned before, I've been moving. There's not much to say there other than that it's been happening. Finished Ted Lasso. I, I'm sure you guys did as well. It's it's the best show on television. I've no, I have nothing to say other than that. If only because I don't want to spoil anything. But also, it's just that's the most succinct description of it that I can provide. I think it also since since I was last on the show, I think it was when it won like five Emmys or something, and they're all well deserved other television that we're watching midnight mass which is the latest mike flanagan he did uh haunting of hill house and haunting of Bly manor that seems uh, we're scary working our way through me. that it's not it's like it's kind of scary you probably wouldn't like it it's okay so far i think i liked haunting of Bly manor better so far although i've heard people think this is his best one so we'll see i think we're three episodes in and there's like seven or something so we have a ways to go through that yet on the gaming front, it's not much of an update because it's just I bought a game, but I did buy Metroid Dread. I haven't played it yet, but I assume you'll be hearing from me about how that's going maybe next week, maybe the week after that, uh, as I continue fighting the unpacking fight here. But uh, other other shows in the hopper, uh, Great British Baking Show is back, so we've been watching that. Um, we haven't finished the latest season of The Circle yet. There's at least one other show that I'm not remembering, but... Yeah, it's been a lot of like TV while unpacking boxes. Seinfeld's on Netflix now. PSA. If you're a Seinfeld fan like I am, it's a lot easier to watch now on? than it was. <laughs> yeah, uh, October like 3rd or something, I think was when it first hit. So that's a huge deal if you're a fan of that show like I am. Other than that, no concrete updates right now, but uh, things are going well and I'm happy to be back. Nerd Bomber, over to you. What's going on? So I'm a little bit in a gaming rut. I finished God of War and it was so good that I fear it may have ruined gaming for me for a little bit. Like, I I don't want to recommend it to you, Illegal, because then he'll never play it. But I would put it above Mass Effect, I think. That's true. And so, bold, yeah. Bold claim. Very bold claim. Like, it's definitely, it doesn't have the RPG elements that you hate. And the story is great. And I waxed poetic about it for two weeks, so I'm not going to wax poetic about it more. But... I tried to play then Scarlet Nexus, which got added to Game Pass, and that was a rough transition from God of War, and I, I don't know if it was because I came off of God of War that I just couldn't get into it, or if it was because I kept comparing it to Astral Chain and like those Platinum games that I enjoy, and it just wasn't living up to you know, how fun that was. Because, I mean, it has a very similar aesthetic to Astral Chain. You know, you've got the whole like bio brain interface link to something you're part of like a an elite task force but like it just it wasn't vibing with me so you know I have this I have this thing lately where I'm trying to you know if I don't like a game I'm not gonna stick it out and especially knowing that like it's a 25 hour game you know I got a few hours and I was just like this is this is not my jam so at least I didn't buy it 
and I put it down. And so that that was cool. But then we also watched a movie and we actually talked about it, I think, on the show, um, Queen Pins. And that's a, a Paramount Plus original. That was the one with Kristen Bell, Vince Vaughn. The coupon ladies. The coupon ladies, right? yes. The coupon ladies, yeah. And it was, I don't think it was as funny as I anticipated it being. Um, it was a little bit, they had more elements of like serious, Spence, yeah. serious life stories and stuff like that. And not that that detracted from it at all, because I know it was based off a true story anyway. So they have to add a little bit of like gravitas to it and not completely just make it like a ridiculous romp. But I guess I was expecting it to be a little bit funnier than it was. That said, considering it was a free movie on Paramount Plus, I thought it was pretty well done and I enjoyed it. Like it was a decently funny movie. It had a decent amount of like stupid one-liners that i enjoyed and i think it was worth a watch it was fun so that that's kind of been me um nice. i did start jedi fallen order but i haven't put a lot of time into it yet so i'll circle back you know how that goes because uh, yeah, yeah I, I fell off that wagon that's another kind of a, it's based on your god of war experience i feel like that's a pretty brutal turn not that like it, it's, it's a fine game but i i don't remember being wowed by it so I'm, i'll be curious to see what your what your take on it is i'll let you know when i play it more but yeah, God of War just ruined, I feel like, everything for a little bit. Cause it, that, that's the problem. If things are too good, then I just get into like, you know, like the infamous show hole or book hole when you like finish something that's amazing and then you just, everything right. looks bad. Well, on that on that happy note, T-Dog, do you mind, first of all, do you mind if I call you T-Dog? Sure. Uh, what's been going on with so, you in the doghouse? So I'm going to start with movies. So we also watched the movie Infinite with Marky Mark. And uh, I have to say, the premise was pretty good. It's basically a certain sect of individuals has the ability to remember all of their past lives. And so all of these skills kind of comes naturally to them because they've learned it over many lives and so on and so forth. And pretty cool premise. Honestly, if you're looking for a mindless action-packed movie, I'd say it was really good. There was a couple things in the movie where they i thought they took it a little too far about what the abilities are but overall i'd say it's, it was entertaining this was another peacock paramount original, right it was a summer paramount, paramount plus right? as you can tell we're rocking the current week-long free trial so a quiet place too is up next weekend before we finish our trial <laughs> this was this was the, the guy that directed wanted i believe is who made infinite which wanted is a great mindless action movie Kind of similar in a lot of ways, it sounds like, based on your description of Infinite. Yeah, where basically um, it was a good movie, but some things they just took it a little too far and you're like, okay, take it easy there, bud. Yeah. I think this one was right. supposed to have had a theatrical release, but obviously like with COVID, it got slated to just streaming. I think I would have been mad if I paid money for it, but to just like watch it at home was perfectly perfect for it. Right. There are definitely movies that benefit from that. Like, and uh, in the next couple of weeks, my fiance and I are planning, she's been wanting to watch Dune for so long and it comes out, I think later this month and we're going to watch it at home because it's on HBO Max for free. And like, we, we might not go see it in theater because it's two and a half hours. And like, that's, that's a long time to spend in a theater. So there's certain movies that definitely benefit from that model. I mean, not financially, they probably don't, but like in terms of people liking it, that's a, that's a thing. But anyway, anyways, that's a sidetrack. Uh, Tactic, keep going. So the other thing is I have Metroid Dread and it's just sitting in my house and I told myself I'm not going to play it until I finish the current game I'm playing on Switch. And that game currently I'm trying to finish Sword and Shield, 
Pokemon, Pokemon Sword to be specific. And I'm so close. I'm almost the world's greatest Pokemon trainer. But all the shenanigans keeps happening and sidetracking my main story. Hopefully by next weekend, I will have some news for you with Metroid Dread. Yeah, we'll be able to maybe move through that together, at least at a kind of kind of move through it together i'm, I'm curious about it. we've never done that with a game before and i'm curious to see how that goes what our opinions are on the game and if they differ and why and it'll be an it'll be an instructive experience for both of us i think so stay tuned listeners that that's that's going to be a thing and then the last thing which going back to the tv side of it is we started watching a series called genlock it's an animated series about basically people are given the ability to download their minds into kind of like Gundam suits, if you're familiar with Gundam. And it is action-packed. The art style is fantastic. The science fiction side of it is really cool. And honestly, we're only a couple episodes in, and the show is phenomenal. I definitely recommend it. The voice cast is very impressive. Michael B. Jordan is one of the main characters. Dakota Fanning, Maisie Williams. I'm missing... There's a couple other people that... David Tennant, like big name actors. I think it's even produced by Michael B. Jordan. It's a Rooster Teeth show that HBO Max picked up. And I think Michael B. Jordan is driving the bus a little bit with the like producing front. And I think there's going to be a season two coming out soon, supposedly. Maybe. Interesting. So check uh, it out. I'd like to see. I just watch Michael B. Jordan drive a bus. That's enough for me. Um, but this also sounds cool. Uh, right on. Well, that's what we've been up to, uh, which brings us, of course, to quiz time. And I'm back in the quiz hosting chair. So, okay, give me the update here. What happened in the past couple of weeks? Did you do quizzes? If you did, who won? What records should I have down? I have, I've missed two weeks and I have Nerd Bomber 9 and 10, Tactic 8 and 9. So what do I need to know? All right. So the first week you were gone, we did a trivia. It was like a, a one-on-one sort of thing. But then, so I lost, but then Tactic realized posthumously that he messed up the math. So I don't know if we want wow. to count that one. No, no, we'll, we'll, we'll toss it out. And then it's for like that reason and the difficulties that presented, we just skipped the quiz last week. So our, our listeners okay, so, didn't have any quiz goodness for a week. Well, we're back. Don't worry. We're back in the saddle now and my records are current. So I'm at 15 and 2. Nerd Bomber at 9 and 10. Technic at 8 and 9. And we're going to talk about the Saw movies today. Now, my relationship with the Saw movies is pretty interesting. First of all, the first one is good and scary. That's 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 my opinion. The other ones that I've seen, I've seen a handful of them. I don't even know which ones I've seen. It was the sort of thing where like I would watch them at sleepovers and like not really pay too much attention to them and they were and they were ridiculous. And I think they knew they were ridiculous. But why was Saw nonetheless very like, Saw was a sleepover movie? Because we watched that at sleepovers too. Like yeah. why was that a thing? Was it just like the universe? That's what we were doing, movie? guys. That's what we were doing. I, were I think it out. came out they came out around a time when, at least given our ages, we were we had become capable of watching whatever the heck we wanted to and that was it saw is like gore porn for the most part so i think we just kind of or for people we were friends with gravitated to oh well, we can watch it so we should not a good uh paradigm but um nonetheless a very successful franchise so we're gonna be talking about the entire franchise in this quiz and we'll start with the most basic question how many movies are there in the saw universe uh, these are all numerical questions. We're going to do prices right as usual. And we will start with, uh, well, who should we start with now? Because it's actually really close. Why don't we start with Nerd Bomber? I think, aren't there 13 of them? 
I'm going to go with 13 because I'm pretty sure there's 13. I'm not going to answer you. So yeah, you have to, you have to guess something. Uh, so 13 uh, is, is, is Nurbomber's guess. So tactic over to you. What was your response to her her question? That he's not going to answer me. I'm not going to oh. answer because that would Because I said rude. it in like equipment error. I thought it was form. eight. I thought they stopped at eight. Tactics on the board. There are nine. And the last yeah. one actually only came out. It came out like last year or something. It was the one weird one with Chris Rock in it called Spiral. Um, it's like an offshoot kind of movie. Uh, so there are nine. I think Saw 1 through 7. No, Saw 1 through 6, and there's Saw 3D, then Jigsaw, then Spiral, I believe, is the order. So there are nine. So Tectic's on the board. What was the budget of the first movie? And this is over to Tectic now. Have you guys seen the first movie? Yeah. I'm going to say, considering the vast scenery that the first movie had, I'm going to call it $10 million. Over to Nerd Bomber. I feel like it wasn't that much, but I also don't want to bust. I'm going to say 500000 I know that's not right, but I know I'm lowballing it, but that's in the interest of not busting. Lowball you did, and it was a good strategy. $1.2 million. Uh, this was this was the director, Lee, uh, Lee Wannell. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know. Um, he also starred in the movie. Um, this was his first movie. Uh out of out of film school basically shoestring budget 1.2 million dollars it it wound up making uh over 100 million so clearly a success the first movie is legitimately good that's that's my opinion when was the first movie released and we're back to uh nerd bomber starting it's a tie game oh boy i'm between two dates uh i'm gonna go with 1997 tactic it's too early i'm gonna go with 1998 Oh, you won quite a bit me. too early, quite a bit too early. October 29th, two thousand and four. These came out much later than than you anticipated. Clearly, so Tactic uh, takes the lead back, and I guys, I have five questions in a tiebreaker. So this is a dead heat so far. The highest grossing world, highest grossing installment in the franchise worldwide is Saw Three. How much did it make worldwide? How much did it gross? Five hundred million. Five oh one. You have to remember. These are R-rated movies that people can't take their kids to. You both busted. Uh, wait, you what did you say? You're one up. Oh, you said five hundred one. Uh, one sixty four, eight seventy four, two seventy five. So about one hundred sixty five million. Yeah, and not. I mean, it, they're really gory movies. So the audience. I mean, for a horror movie, that's extremely good. Yeah, I guess but that's fair. Those those tend to have pretty low grosses. So okay, still two to one. Tactic in the lead. Going into the final question. So, Nerd Bomber, buck up. Okay, so I was looking online. I wanted one of, my, one of the questions to be, what is the body count of the entire franchise? And I could only find data for the first seven entries. So that's Saw 1 up through th- Saw 6 and Saw 3D. What is the body count in the, of, for the first seven entries of the Saw franchise? And, uh, well, this is the fifth question. So, uh, tactic no nerd bomber sorry and you can only one up once just putting that out there house rule okay let's say an average of 428 see the average of four rule would work well only saw three was an entire slaughterhouse there was like teams of people that got murked and so i think it's i think it's i think it's like 35 tactic takes it walking away 81 guys i mean there, oh, wow. there's some of these uh, like tactic said saw three was a slaughterhouse there's but there's like each one there's like multiple scenarios where people die 
it just it seems like it can stack up pretty easily and clearly it does um yeah i guess i was just thinking of like main characters i got that number by the way from a listicle that like ranked all of them which had to be really fun to write uh so tactic i mean i don't even need the tiebreaker my tiebreaker for what it's worth the highest rotten tomatoes critic score uh, obtained was for the original saw uh it was actually only 50 percent, which i think is way too low i think i think the first one is better than that I think the first one was very innovative very original very cool but uh yeah tactic takes it so tactic will host next week and hey this is a big moment i mean that brings tactic to an even 500 nine and nine nerd bomber is nine and ten so nerd bomber you are officially now in last place mathematically darn it so i just first i guess how does that make you feel i don't know how i fell so far it's because i have big brain big brain showing it off there uh you'll host next week so we look forward to that and we look forward to all of you joining us again next week if you've made it this far congrats you've made it to the end and we thank you for sticking around with us and uh, we hope you had a good time listening if you want to hop over to uh, apple podcast leave us a review we would appreciate that tell your friends hit us up at our twitter handles uh, mentioned previously in the show and uh you know what get out there and flag go out on the highway and flag down a truck driver and they'll think you're hitchhiking but don't hitchhike because that's that's dangerous just shout up into the very unsafe suggestion just Just yell in their shout up into the cab warriors podcast yeah online warriors podcast and then run as quickly as you can away from that situation because it is of of questionable safety but i'm sticking with that recommendation i'll come up with a safer one next week but for now you have to go and flag down a truck driver have a great week we'll see you soon